On this episode of the Presser Wine Prince Lyrics Podcast, I'm thrilled to welcome a new guest on my show, the esteemed author, Edgar Krausen. A warm welcome to the show, Edgar. Glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you for showing up. Uh, you're on the another side of the, the continent, or the world, not the continent, the world. You're over in the Netherlands, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a very hot day here in the Netherlands. Yeah. So I'm, I'm enjoying the summer. But since this is your first episode, Edgar, um, would you mind please letting the listeners know a little bit about yourself, uh, a little bit about your background, maybe um, your Prince connection, things that you've done Prince-related? I'd appreciate it, and I'm sure the listeners would as well. Yeah. Well, uh, my Prince story started in 1985 when I saw the Raspberry Beret video on the television. Um, and it was the, the one of Prince's coughing on the, the start of the video that really caught my attention. Um, shortly after that, I got the Around the World in a Day album on a cassette, and, and that was basically my, my entry point. Um, and I was 11 at the time, and it, it's a very weird entry point. Uh, I, I had completely missed Purple Rain, um, and this was my first introduction uh, to, to, to Prince, and, and somehow I was drawn to it, uh, the artwork, the weird music. And then um, two years later, I saw the Sign of the Times concert here in the Netherlands, and uh, that was more that that more or less sealed the deal. Uh, that would forever be the benchmark for me to to yeah to 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 any other concert. And uh, throughout the years, uh, I, I I work as a music journalist, and throughout the years, uh, my musical taste has uh, expanded widely. And but Prince remained a steady factor uh, throughout those all those years. Um, one of the first Prince books I bought was Prince a documentary by 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 Baron Nielsen, and um, well I, I remember going. One day I'll make something like that. Uh, so in, and eventually I I ended up uh, writing a book about Prince and uh, the subject was uh, all the concerts he did in the Netherlands and and all the connections he has with with the Netherlands. And that book um, uh, Prince the Dutch Experience uh, was released uh, in 2017. It took me about 15 years to write. So I, I started uh, in the early 2000s um, and uh, with, with the plan that. I would update it, uh, well, until Prince was at least 80 or 90 or whenever his last concert would be uh, in my country. Um, but, but yeah, he ended uh, ended up uh, not coming uh, around anymore uh, after 2016. And back then, I, I, I angrily threw my uh, manuscript away. I thought, no, 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 I'm not going to be one of those guys who publishes a book right after an artist has died. But my wife said, well, this is what you set out to do. You have to complete it now. So, so that was what I did. And, and, and apart from that, um, I, I'm the co-host uh, together with DJ UMB uh, of the Prince Twitter thread series on on, on Twitter. Um, so, so well, Prince uh, is is more part of my life now than than ever before. Yeah, I think there's a few of us that can say that for sure. Um, kind of passing the torch a little bit to members of the the purple famous or the uh, purple avengers as we like to call ourselves on the prince twitter thread series it's just it's just been kind of a a big community that has developed over the past several years after his passing um so i'm really i'm i'm glad that you finished the book i think it would have been a, a big loss to have all that work completed and and to not publish it so i think uh, there's probably a lot of people that can echo my sentiment that and your wife's sentiment that it needed to be completed and and that all that work and time and energy you put into it needed to be shared so um 
thanks yeah. to her and thanks to you for for putting that out there <laughs> for the yeah. uh, you know the the audience that it's intended for i'm sure it's fascinating to look back at all of that yeah. uh, all those concerts and you know from the from the dutch I, perspective yeah, in a way it, it literally has changed the, the concert uh, um, industry uh, which was one of the things i took away from the book prince was so innovative uh, that stuff we take for granted at big stadium shows right now it was all invented by him the stage barriers uh, in front of a stage he was the first to actually put those up uh, because he he didn't want the crowd to crowds to get squashed and stuff like that he was the first one to 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 take on ponders and try to uh, have control about the, the 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 tickets that were sold that they ended up at the real with the real fans so th- there's there's so much in there that that applies to an international um view as well so that's that's very interesting or or at least i found it very interesting oh, i'm sure you're not alone and i think the other interesting aspect of the international experience with prince because we're about the same age based off of how old you said you were when raspberry Bray came out and and how like the whole purple rain phenomenon just completely missed you it was yeah. inescapable so considering we're about the same age and knowing that how old you would have been in about 1984 if you would have lived I, I in the united states 1984 yeah, exactly so uh-huh. there's no way you would have missed the purple rain experience if you lived in the united states um because because you're you lived in the netherlands right you were you in the netherlands all your life or yes, were you living I've, I've yeah been here okay. all my life yeah since you were um, living in the Netherlands in 1984, and you know you're not the first person that I've heard mention like Purple Rain wasn't as big of a deal in Europe oh. as it was in the United States, and it took oh. other concerts, other Prince projects, to really reach that audience. And you know your Absolutely. your testimony your testimony proves that again because you know you can't blame age because you were the right age to to be in that Purple Rain. Um, you know, window to get caught up in that purple rain wave, but you didn't because it wasn't quite the phenomenon. No. And, yeah. and and when when researching my book, uh, it also I, I I researched all the the, the charts uh, infos from from the 1980s, and at that point in time, 1984, all the satellite acts were more popular here in the Netherlands than he actually was. So Sheila E scored a bigger scored bigger hits, uh, Vanity Six scored bigger bigger hits, uh, etc. And there's even a, a newspaper clipping from a show in 1983 that never went uh, went ahead, and it, the, the headline says "Vanity Six comes to the Netherlands," and then the sub headline <laughs> is "Prince is also coming." But Prince was the main act, but it, 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 yeah. and it's it kind of goes to show that that he really wasn't that big over here. Vanity Six was was the main draw at that point, which which is really weird. Really weird. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> really weird because they were third but, build on that show. <laughs> yeah, but it is what it is. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's 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 still a valid experience, and it's still exactly uh, how you know people at, in the Netherlands experience the um, Prince, the Time, and Vanity Six. It's just yeah. it's just different. It doesn't make it any doesn't make it right or wrong. It's just different, uh, and it's fascinating to me yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. but we haven't, we haven't mentioned, I haven't mentioned what we're actually here to talk about today <laughs> oh. and that, that is hot thing 
from Sign yeah. of the Times. That's the song that we're going to be discussing today. Hot Thing from Sign of the Times. So it's the um, basically the second to last song. If you have the two disc CD version of Sign of the Times, it's the second to last song on side two or side B. If you have the vinyl copy of Sign of the Times, uh, and it's right after uh, Slow Love, which is a really kind of romantic and um, elegant ballad. And then you have Hot Thing, which is this techno thumping hard drive and beat. It's got saxophone, which is great. It's a, it makes yeah. wonderful use of, of Eric Lee's saxophone. But for the most part, it's just Prince and his drum machine and synthesizers and um, and his vote and his voice. And it's very straightforward in a way that uh, kind of in the same way that it was in some respects earlier on the album. Yeah. So you're here to talk about Hot Thing with me, Edgar. What's your um, what's your kind of connection to Hot Thing, or is it like a song that you really enjoy and drawn to, and for, and for what reason, well, if that it, is the case? I, I, well, I, I love it. Um, a few weeks ago, you had Roy Turner, Turner as a guest uh, uh, to talk about it, and he said he liked those minimal uh, Prince grooves, and this is one one of those. I have the very same thing. I love love it when when well, he takes almost everything out. And, and Hot Thing is, is one of those songs that uh, is very minimal, yet it has that, you just mentioned the, the saxophone by Eric Leeds, which, which breathed, so, breathed some life uh, into it. Um, and it's, it, well, I, I can't get enough of this song. It, it, I'm not really sure when I became aware of the song. Uh, I, I, like I said, I went to the, to the 1987 concert and it was part of that show. And it, but the whole, concert experience was was so immersive and so um well it blew my mind that i really can't remember one song from that that concert it was the whole experience that i remember um so so i, I think this is a song that has grown on me over time and um well i'm, I'm not too big of a fan of the sign of the times album um if you ask me my favorite prince album from the 1980s this is probably my least favorite Wow. Uh, but it has, yeah. But it has some of. I, I don't like like it as it fails to draw me in from start to finish, like all the, the other albums do. But if you ask me to make a list of my favorite Prince, oh, my top ten of Prince songs, I, I, I think half of it are in fact from Time After Times. So I just don't like the way the album is constructed, and I, I'm not not feeling it. So I have a bit mixed feelings about it, and maybe that's why I can't remember hearing. Hot thing for the first time, and I I think I I might uh, have uh, I really liked uh, I could never take the place of your man, and I bought a single, and hot thing was the B side, so it might that might have been my my first uh, yeah well the first time I noticed the song, but I'm I'm not really sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's a long time ago. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was def- definitely a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which hey that's fascinating you know i mean it's a lot of people's favorite prince album of all time but it's not mine either it's not my favorite prince album of all time i certainly think it's amazing but no it's it's not my favorite of all time either but um yeah so hot thing is interesting because it as you mentioned it was the b-side to i can never take the place of your man so it had that exposure um uh, in that respect but then it was also released as a promo only single which allowed radio stations to play it here in the United States, and I'm assuming everywhere, 
And as a result of of that ability for radio stations to play it, it actually charted. It didn't didn't get wow. um didn't make massive you know top ten success, but it charted. And as a non uh, technically a non single as a promo only, it like went to number sixty three on the Billboard Hot one hundred. It went to number fourteen on the R and B charts. So for a non single, that's pretty damn good. <laughs> I think. Yeah, absolutely. What I like about it is that it's it's so timeless. It sounded as fresh and exciting as as well in the nineteen eighties and in the nineties. I don't know. It's it has a timeless quality to it. Uh, that that well, at least uh, I'll I'll come back to that song anytime. For sure. Um, so inspiration. Before we get into the lyrics, inspiration. So I've read a few things, and I don't know if you have any opinions or thoughts on this, Edgar, but. I've seen people cite Cat Glover as a potential inspiration for this song. So it was it was written, well, we don't know when it was written. It was recorded. Technically, yeah. we don't know when it was written. He could have wrote it years and years ago. But he recorded it in um, August of 86. So yeah. before the yeah. revolution broke up, but, uh, you know, when he was kind of tracking out songs for, like, what would be Crystal Ball, making that album. So I didn't... I didn't exactly figure out when Cat came into the picture. I don't know if you know for sure, but have you heard that theory? I, I also I also don't know for sure, but I heard the theory. I think, uh, in a, to an extent, I think that it's very plausible. On the other hand, um, like he said, he wrote it first um, uh, of '86. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he first performed it at one of the last shows of the the, the parade tour. Just the lyrics, but but he recorded it, and I don't think Cat was in the picture at that point. But I'm not I'm not really sure. I'm I don't know what her exact entry point in his work was. Yeah, I mean it's it's all speculation, and and as many songs, as we know with many of Prince's songs, they could be about one person, or they could be about ten people, or they could be about no one, and and people like to, myself included, like to try to figure out. <laughs> who he's singing songs about well that doesn't make yeah. it right and doesn't even even if he was maybe slightly inspired by cat uh it doesn't mean the song's about her it just be like oh yeah that's oh. a really you know attractive woman that can dance that 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 sounds mm-hmm. like a you know maybe a, an inspiration for a song doesn't mean the lyrics are literally about her and he's trying to pursue cat because mm-hmm. prince definitely acts as the uh the aggressor or the pursuer in this song he's He's not taking, Absolutely. yeah. He's not taking a submissive, a submissive approach towards, um, you know, meeting a woman. He doesn't want her to come to him. He's, he's like going for it. He's like the the predator almost. Not, you know, yeah. not in a uh, problematic way, but like you know, when you think of predator and prey, he's the one that's pursuing. He's the one that's kind of scoping her out and and checking yeah. her out and making sure that she is paying attention to him because. He wants her, and that's basically what the song is about in it. You know, in its most um, simplest uh, version of it, from a lyrical standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. I, re- I remember you uh, doing a Prince Twitter tweet, a tweet uh, about the song Wally, um, and in the song Wally, he's, he, at one point he says, "Look at me, Wally. I'm on the prowl tonight." And this is actually him being on the prowl. Um, yeah, uh, in, exactly. In hot thing. That's exactly right. Um, a nice, nice connection because it's even though he recorded this first, but it's still kind of uh, 
it, it definitely they could be matching songs like you know when he says i'm on the prowl this is the kind of thing that he does when he's on the prowl he sings yeah. a song like hot thing <laughs> makes a song like hot thing yeah absolutely and especially yeah. when you you consider the the movie version of of the song there's this uh this spoken word segment or this this acted out segment and then he he asks wally and brooks and the prince asks do you want her yeah and then prince says no, no do you want her and then he says me too that's the moment he goes for it. and that like you said uh, he is definitely the aggressor here even within uh, within his friends he, the other guys wonder too but no no prince is the, is the alpha male here he's going for her so that's it's very it's it's a very aggressive song but i like i like that little intro that is in the movie that uh, really adds to to the feel of the song yeah yeah people who haven't checked out the sign of the times movie um really ought to in this song is it's a interesting little interlude where they he does add some some elements to the song to kind of make it more like a real life scenario like you can imagine yourself at a club a dance club in the 80s and you know you're hanging with your boys and and all of a sudden you see this woman because i mean obviously there's going to be a lot of women there but there's just one specific there's just one specific woman that just draws everybody's attention and that's kind of what this song seems to be about that's the kind of imagery i get it's just even yeah, though that absolutely. she's surrounded by people you know she might she's not literally alone on the dance floor she might be surrounded by people but she's the person that everybody seems to be drawn to for whatever reason well for all the reasons that he sings about in the song as we start going through the lyrics <laughs> so yeah now, well i just wanted to add that that there's a there's a lot of segments in the movie that are placed in between um to to more or less create a narrative but this part is actually taken from the actual show it was recorded at here in rotterdam in the netherlands if you listen to the bootleg um, of that that concert it all oh, uh, brooks tell me what that is uh, it's it's not especially for a movie it was part of the concert as well yeah okay that's interesting thanks for adding that i wasn't wasn't 100 yeah. percent certain about that so now i know always yeah. always fun to learn something new right <laughs> And so after he screams hot thing, we get a bit of music before going into the first verse. And that first verse is hot thing, barely 21, hot thing, looking for big fun, hot thing. What's your fantasy? Hot thing. Do you want to play with me? So uh, he starts off each line, you know, just repeating the hot thing, just to kind of like hot thing is like the uh, the name that he's given this woman. She doesn't have a name. She's just referred to as hot thing. <laughs> so, um, you know, I mean, whatever. If Her you think about it, it doesn't matter. And he's not going to know if you're thinking about it. Literally, like somebody he's eyeing in the club, he hasn't even necessarily uh approached her yet um he's not going to know her name so you know and, and if he's just talking to us as the listener about this woman hot thing is is exactly what he needs to refer to her as to be as descriptive as possible you know we get what we get right off the bat is that uh she's young so prince was you know i mean 
if you think about it now, or think about it from the perspective of of Prince as a, a middle aged man singing the song, it might seem a little creepy or problematic. But he was only twenty eight, I think, when he wrote this yeah. song. So you know, I mean, twenty eight, twenty one, whatever. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Some people do, but uh, barely twenty one. So she's young. So he's definitely pointing out the fact that she's. I'm trying to think is. I think the the drinking age in the United States was 21 at that time, so it makes sense that yeah. he point, pointed that out, um, that she was at least legal drinking age, so she could be in, <laughs> in a club, which we assume has serving alcohol. Looking yeah. for big fun is kind of um, an interesting double entendre, because, you know, you can your mind can imagine what else he's talking about in terms of quote unquote big fun. <laughs> right. Well, um, it, it, he, he just assumes the girl is also on the prowl, you know, she's looking for big fun just like him. Yep. Yep. Yeah, right. Cause you know, we just, he's, he's making assumptions, but if, if she is looking for big fun, whatever that may be, <laughs> I think, uh, he's definitely going to start this pursuit because uh, he starts asking her questions. What's your fantasy? Do you want to play with me? Um, and those are pretty, pretty forward uh, questions to ask somebody you just met, but it also might be just something that's going on in his head. You know, you're thinking of it maybe from the perspective of him just thinking of like, Oh damn girl, what's going on in your head? you know, what's your fantasy? I want, I want to find out. If you want to play with me, I, I need to go talk to you. So he might not even literally be asking these questions of this woman. He could just be thinking them to himself, like stuff that he's thinking as he as he watches her on the dance floor or somewhere in the club. That's basically the image I have in my mind when I'm okay. listening to the song. I can I can see him sit in like some VIP section of a club, checking out the dance floor, and 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 this is going through his mind. He sees the girl from from the from afar from from the VIP section and this is what he's actually thinking not what he's actually saying to her that's that's what i get from it but it's that's just in my head probably no it's not because i i i get that very much so with this song as well i i definitely see this as a song that is sung from the perspective of a man who is watching from afar and he's building up, you know, like this, this image in his mind, this fantasy in his brain about this woman that he sees, assuming that she's looking for fun, uh, assuming her yeah. age, you know, she looks young. So he's just going to just say, she's probably barely 21. Who knows? She could be 20, 29, a really young looking 30 year old, <laughs> you know, uh, he doesn't know, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but his fantasy oh. in his fantasy, she's barely 21. Oh, uh, I, I find it interesting that he mentions the the barely twenty one part, uh, and you just mentioned that uh, he was twenty eight at the time, and at that point in time, it really wasn't too creepy uh, uh, the the age difference. But barely twenty one is also uh, well the age that he really liked his women. If you take it through the time, the older he got, his 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 girlfriends were every time were almost all barely 21 or a little older but uh, and even up until the end you know uh, when 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 yet and the yellow whatever happened between the two she was 21 at the time and and you you go back uh, Brea Valente also in early 20s uh, when he uh, uh, started dating uh, uh, Manuela she was also early 20s around 
around 21 and it it's 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 like a pattern that you can see throughout his life so it's it's very very strange that he mentioned that maybe it's not strange and it's just the thing he he's really attracted to girls in that age uh, category uh, yeah for sure i think that uh, anybody who knows uh, prince's private life or what has been what we can know about his private life can't uh, ignore that fact i mean it is it is what it is he liked to, he yeah. liked them in their 20s uh, didn't matter how old he was that's what that's the age range that he liked his women so yeah. for him to say so barely 21 is is completely on brand for <laughs> for what prince yeah. liked and there's another thing i i like about this this verse uh, and it connects it to a lot of other songs from that era he sings half thing so do you want to play with me? And that's a thing he, he uses. Um, uh, that the, do you want to play with me? It's an euphemism for sex, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's uh, it, it it is a line that is is back in a lot of songs of uh, from that era. Uh, Can I play with you? The song he did. Uh, this, of course, in Cindy C. There's don't you want to play with me. In the, in the song movie star this line says can i play with you in girls and boys this maybe we can play today and in anastasia sings have you ever wanted to play with someone so much etc so he uses that line you want to play with me in, in various forms to in in, in in a lot of songs from that specific era so that's oh that's, yeah that's interesting i think yeah yeah very interesting so play is definitely a word that prince liked to use i think we especially like you said especially in this time frame and it's it's just an interesting um, connections that you can make a lot. Yeah, those are a lot of examples from like a two year, two to three year span for sure. And later on in his life, he used the word play as well, of course, but it, it has different different meaning than the song uh, Don't Play Me. It's uh, not sex anymore, obviously. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I like the. The connection to Cindy C. I think this those two songs are like very close cousins to each other. Um, the only di- the only difference is hot thing here is is more abstract, and and Cindy C. is very clearly about one specific woman that is famous. So, <laughs> but but besides that, there's a lot of similarities. I think um, in terms of like the struct like the lyrical structure and just the just what the um, the song is about and how it's been how it's delivered absolutely hot thing baby you dance so good hot thing baby I knew you would hot thing tell me what you see hot thing when you smile smile when you smile how you smile Smiles for me. Moving on to the second verse, Prince does very similar things with this verse, starting each line with Hot Thing, and it goes, Hot Thing, baby, you dance so good. Hot Thing, baby, I knew you would. Hot Thing, tell me what you see. Hot Thing, when you smile, when you smile, when you smile, are your smiles, are your smiles for me. So that definitely is is something that sets this verse apart from the previous verse for sure is how he keeps repeating the line when you smile and focusing on smiling and what are some of your thoughts on this verse Edgar? Oh, well, this verse is is 
basically it's the most creepy verse uh, within this within the song. Like I said, uh, when I listen to the song, I envision Prince sitting in a VIP room somewhere in, in a club and he's watching that girl, and then uh, projecting his own thoughts on on that girl. It's never an option that she's just there to dance, um, mm-hmm. and, and it it is, is also never an option for him at least to 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 think. Well, she's smiling because she's happy. Uh, while dancing, and he he thinks he's the he's the one in the room that she's looking at and smiling for. But it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. So it's 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 more like he's he's observing her from uh, from afar, and she doesn't even know it. And that's like I said, it's it's a bit creepy this part. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it that way, yeah, absolutely. Where you've got like imagine you're a woman at the at the club with your girlfriends. Or whatever and you're just dancing having a good time and you're laughing smiling and maybe you know you look around and you kind of just glance over and you see this person kind of looking at you or i wouldn't say staring but you know observing you um and you're smiling when you do it because you're just caught up in the moment it doesn't mean that you're smiling (laughs) because you see that person you're like oh that's that's a really attractive man that i'm 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 noticing you're just smiling because you're having fun, but that person, you know, is is thinking completely different thoughts. Like, oh, I wonder if she's smiling for me. Are your smiles for me? Yeah. And it, they may not be at all. And uh, to think that how how many times, you know, attractive women at clubs have these experiences where they're being observed like, by by men all throughout the uh, the entire. Um, dance floor or even just sitting along the sidelines and you can't you know you're yeah. almost like you can't um, keep track of all of them because there's just probably so many gazes happening and happening upon you to focus on just one person would be very difficult I would think I mean it happens in the movies all the time you see that in scenes in movies where two eyes they lock you know and, yeah. and all of a sudden they're the only ones that exist in the entire room not sure how often that happens in real life, but it has never happened to me. <laughs> it doesn't happen that often, I don't think. But it, it sure makes for a for a compelling uh, scene in a movie or in somebody's fantasy where you know their eyes lock from across the room, and all of a sudden everybody else just kind of melts away, and they're the only ones that exist now. And that's again the imagery that we we both seem to to get from this song is is what's happening here. It's, it's very potentially one-sided yeah. <laughs> at this point. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. And he says uh, in an earlier verse, uh, what's your fantasy? Uh, maybe he's just, you know, he's projecting his own fantasy on that woman, thinking, look, I haven't, I'm having this fantasy about this woman that I see dancing here. Maybe she's having exactly the same fantasy about me. It doesn't necessarily have to be that way. No. No, but it's nice to, like when you're having that fantasy yourself, you definitely want it to be at least, well, I'm assuming most, most people would want it to be mutual where it's, Mm. you you know, you're interested in her and in your fantasy, she's not like slapping you across the face because you're being a creeper Uh, in the fantasy. She's just as interested as, as you are. Um, She's just as interested in you as you are in her. And that's what, he's kind of like you said projecting onto her in these lyrics in the song and the whole baby yeah. you dance so good i think that's the line that a lot of people use and cite when they think or 
um, try to make connections to to Cat uh, because of, obviously she's yeah. a dancer, uh, and and that's yeah. why Prince hired her to be part of the band yeah. was to be a dancer. But I, I don't know. I mean, sure, but there's a lot of dancers. I mean, people dance all the time. Dancing mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be a professional. You can just be a good, you know, club dancer and. And plus, you're gonna you're if you're interested in a woman, attracted to them, even if they're not the world's best dancer, you know you're not going to necessarily critique their dancing and 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 uh, dismiss them as a potential (laughs) sex partner because uh, their dancing is just adequate. You know, as long as she's you know meeting all of your other criteria. I think you can probably see past maybe some just okay dancing moves. <laughs> well, this this verse also assumes that he's been tracking her throughout that club because he says, "Baby, you dance good, honey. I knew you would." That, that means he saw her coming in and and checked her out even before she started dancing oh, because yeah, he knew point. she would be a good dancer. And 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 this is the point that he sees her dance. Yeah, yeah, good point. Right, because that line implies that, you know, he saw you saw her. He saw her before she started dancing. Exactly. Yeah, good one. Yeah. Um, Any thoughts on why he repeats that when you smile, when you smile, when you smile so many times just because of the structure and he wants to kind of emphasize it or anything else that you think about when he says those over and over again? It kind of makes me wonder why he chose to do that. I, I think we're listening to his fantasy here. You know, when you're in a fantasy state, you're kind of like dreaming, and 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 reality and 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 dream are are flowing uh, through in between each other. And this is just when you smile. When you smile, he's just sitting there fantasizing about her, and the smile is just repeating in his mind. I think that's it, but I'm not sure. But it could also just be that he didn't have any other lyrics, and it sounded good. Yeah, maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> I think. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. I mean, that's that's good analysis. I think uh, this this verse definitely turns more, like you said, creepy. Um, and I agree with that. I'm not necessarily just putting that on you. I, I'm I'm on board with it. It's you know, Prince has had those types of songs where you know, if you really think about it too much, like eh, I don't know, <laughs> but you know, um, <laughs> and this is one of them. But it's a fun dance but, song, and you can kind of forget about it, and you could just think about it being a song about a really hot woman that he sees, and then just kind of leave it at that. But when we're doing a deep dive like this, yeah, you, it starts to get a little, a little sketchy at times. But I think it's mainly a dance song, and I think that we should just take the lyrics for what they are, and maybe take them with a grain of salt. It's it is about the beat, it is about the baseline. You can put it put it on, and you can. You know, there's this extended version which lasts for over eight minutes, and it's it, it's never boring, and it's just the beat, and um, that's that's what this song actually is about, the dancing, yeah. I think, and, and the lyrics is just secondary. Oh, totally. But they're I, fun. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree, and then I'm not necessarily going to. Um all of a sudden, uh, dismiss this song and can't listen to it anymore because it's too. Um, too problematic for me i think it's it is just a song about dancing and the attraction that the physical attraction that one can feel towards somebody else when you know i mean it's not like prince is alone and ever 
uh, seeing somebody attractive in a bar or a club and thinking about them in a, maybe a less than pure manner. <laughs> we all be kind of hypocritical to say that we haven't done that. So uh, that, we that, just, that's we the just whole don't point of going out when you're young. Yeah. Right. And it, we just don't have the, um, we just don't have musical careers to kind of put that, those thoughts into uh, lyrics as in music and, and Prince was brave enough to do so. And even if it came across to some people thinking like, Oh man, He's being a little, little sketchy, but uh, uh, we've all done it. So definitely no, no shade to Prince on this. All right, so the the third verse because there, this song doesn't really have a chorus, <laughs> so I mean it's oh. just verse, 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 repeating some hot thing. Uh, so yeah, there's there's really no chorus. Um, so it goes right into the next verse, and the next verse is hot thing. Maybe you should give your folks a call. Hot thing, tell them you're going to the crystal ball. Hot thing, tell them you're coming home late if you're coming home at all. Hot thing. Tell them you found a brand new baby doll. Um, okay, so I'm gonna let you talk about the crystal ball thing, but one thing I wanted to bring up in this <laughs> in this verse is kind of the uh, the constant imagery that he's playing with with uh, youth, um, youthfulness. The the give your folks a call. Yeah, you know that that implies again that she lives with her parents. Um, and when you think of people, adults living with their parents, they're usually very young adults. Uh, and well, at least in at least in our society, I don't know. I mean, in other societies, maybe it's not the case, but in our society, that's how it usually is. Um, yeah. And the, and the whole baby doll reference, <laughs> you found a brand new baby doll. Yeah. So he keeps hammering home this this image of her being very young, uh, barely yeah. twenty one needs to tell her folks that she's not going to come home. Uh, she's got a brand new baby. I mean, yeah, we get it. She's young. <laughs> you <know? Yeah. laughs> um, and, it, but, and it also adds to the creepiness, you know, like uh, he, he's like, like we just mentioned earlier, he is the alpha male here. And, and he immediately bosses her around, call your parents, tell them this, tell them that, you know, I, I don't have any children, but if my 21-year-old daughter would call me from a club telling me she won't be coming home and she's found a new baby doll, I, I would have driven down to that club and immediately give the guy a punch in the nose. You know, it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's very... very <laughs> it does. As a father of two girls, I can tell you that I would do the same thing. It's not, it's not appropriate. <laughs> Which, again, again, this kind of leads us to believe this is all in prince's mind still like he's still just thinking these things not actually telling i mean he, he's telling her in the song give your folks yeah. a call tell them you're not coming home but again it i think there's a strong uh, likelihood that we're kind of thinking of this in a way that makes more sense to me at least where it's more of a fantasy and he's imagining these He's imagining himself telling her this thing, telling her this, because, you know, you tried to try pulling that in real life. Um, 
I don't know if it's going to work. Uh, I, I, who's to say? I mean, you never know. <laughs> it might if you're Prince, I guess. But yeah. average Joe's, I don't know if it's going to work. <laughs> yeah. I see myself being in a club, going to, up to a woman, and the first thing I say to her, what's your fantasy? You know, you, you just try to ease up. From, you come here after. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Prince, Can I buy you a drink? <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. So Crystal Ball. In a few minutes, he says, give your coach a call. Yeah. Crystal Ball. Yeah, Crystal uh, Ball. So this one's interesting, Edgar. Um, so you mind touching on the connections, the that it may seem obvious to you and me, but maybe not everybody. So I think it's worth bringing up the connections and talking about them here. Do you mind going for it? Yeah, sure. Uh, of course, uh, there, there was going to be an album Crystal Ball, uh, uh, which eventually morphed into what became Sign of the Times. Um, and uh, on, the, on that song, there is on that album, there is a song called Crystal Ball. And, and that Crystal Ball is, well, as far as I can, uh, this song uh, for the, or this, this, this podcast is not about that song, of course, but as far as I can uh, understand that song, it is about a literal crystal ball in which you can see the future. But on that very same album, there's also uh, a song called The Ball. And he recorded uh, The Ball two weeks prior to Hot Thing. And in The Ball, he sings, um, welcome to the crystal ball. It's it's like uh, the, the crystal ball is actually the name of a club or, or, neither, or, or uh, 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 an actual place. It doesn't have to be a club, or, in, but in my mind, it is a club. Um, so, so in this song, in a thing, he's referencing the song "The Ball," which is not on this album anymore. But, uh, but it's it's all big story, I think. Um, and and the ball uh, eventually became I know. Uh, but the ball also seeks uh, uh, seeks seeks. Uh, how do you say that? Um, like Paisley Park does. Uh, and, and, and like Uptown did earlier, it seeks uh, sort of redemption in, in uh, a place that is in your mind. Well, so it, it's uh, Prince touching on subjects he has touched on before he had another name. Um, so if, if, if they are going to the Crystal Ball, it, it might be they're going to another club. But I, I think it, it can mean two things. And it's all based on, on that concept album crystal ball that never was Mm -hmm. yeah it's just interesting i think like if you're thinking about we're thinking about this line and you hear it in 1987 off sign of the times and you have no knowledge of the the aborted crystal ball project or the fact that there was even a song that he wrote called crystal ball or the ball either one of them so it just kind of now seems like a really odd but interesting phrase to use here um tell them that you're going to the crystal ball because then all all of a sudden that just puts some image out there in the listener's mind something fantastical or something really maybe erotic maybe a little um i won't say dangerous but just something something beyond what the place that they're at so like it's not just to me it's not just another club because why would they need to go to just another club? The crystal ball is something different. It's something more unique. It's something more special that that Prince only takes certain women to. And maybe that's maybe it could be considered a double entendre. 
the crystal ball, you know, you're going to the crystal ball, maybe like my, my, my place to, to ball, which is another, um, euphemism for having sex. If you're going to ball. So to have that in the word or in the phrase crystal ball, people can think of it that way. You can think of it as being something really elaborate and like almost like an escape, like an escapism type um, imagery, like escaping the, the, the grind, the day to day to go to this crystal ball. Cause again, you think of balls, you think of these, uh, you think of these elaborate parties, like you have imagery of, of the balls from like the Disney movies, like uh, Cinderella and whatnot, where it's, it's something really ornate. So you can you can really your your imagination can go wild with this because we don't have any other context, you know, especially in 1987 without the luxury of having heard crystal ball or the ball. You have a lot of a lot of leeway to just go wherever your mind wants to go when you hear him say, "Tell them that you're going to the crystal ball." It's it just it asks more questions than it answers, and it leaves it completely up to the listener to interpret that however they want, which is kind of cool. And I'm glad he left it. Even without the, you know, the um, the context of the other songs. Okay, so Edgar, any other thoughts on that section of lyrics after the uh, the crystal ball, coming home late, baby doll section? There's there's one thing uh, I'd like to say, um, uh, like like you just mentioned that uh, the, the, he he kept this this narrative uh, even though the songs aren't there. But there's there's another narrative going on uh, with uh, with the song I could never take the place of your man, which is actually the exact opposite of this song and they were released like i said earlier as a single and and uh, i could never take the place of your man is like a girl pursuing um this guy she wants a one night stand and he doesn't want it um and a hot thing the, the b-side of that that particular single is exactly the opposite it's a guy who just wants that one night stand with that girl and and we don't know what happens of course but um but i really li- really like that these are two well, two sides of the same coin, and they released it as as uh, as a single with, with literally both sides, and that's that's <laughs> very interesting, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that is two sides of the same coin and two different sides of the same forty-five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like that. Okay, so after that verse, then um, we don't really get another. We don't. We don't necessarily get like any kind of extended musical break at this point. There's a little bit of the saxophone is finally introduced here after Baby Doll, and then Prince starts saying some more lines, and they're they're not really sung in the same way. He like says "hot thing" ahead of it, but then he speaks the next lines, and they're "hot thing." I can't wait to get you home. Hot thing where we could be alone. Hot thing, I could read you poetry, and then we can make a story of our own. So now it's starting, so instead of being so, like, focused on the physical and focused on, like, um, well, I mean, it's still a bit focused on the physical, take you home, get you, bring you, get you alone. He's almost, like, taking it beyond that, beyond the one-night stand. Yeah. Um, 
I could read you poetry and we can make a story of our own. That's almost a little more, I don't know, romantic in, in some ways. Uh, he's um, totally well, wants to engage on, on, on an intellectual level. That's, that's exactly. Totally, yes. totally flips the coin here. Yeah, yeah, because it was all about the physical, all about the physical traits, uh, the physical attributes, her age, her her dancing ability, her appearance. I mean, just by calling her a hot thing, that implies that she's attractive. It's not smart thing. Um, that's not the song. So I mean, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, but this these last couple of lines here in this section, I could read you poetry, and then we can make a story of our own. Definitely takes you to a place where he's now wanting to connect on a an intellectual level like you said and that's mm. it adds that extra depth that prince likes to do even in a song that's as straightforward and as singular singularly focused as hot thing he still has to throw a couple lines in there to um to kind of make you reconsider what you were thinking about the whole time like is he really just focused on sex or is he focused on sex as a way to get to know her and and maybe a way to connect with her because he's maybe wanting to go beyond that yeah yeah, but he's really really being prince here you know he's he's very aggressive in in the way he pursues her and then he says I can't wait to get you home and if an efforts Joe thinks that I can't wait to get you home there's only one thing on his mind and prince probably also has that on his mind but the first thing he wants to do when he gets home with her is to read her poetry it's totally different than <laughs> than any other guy would it's so weird yeah yeah it, it's definitely a prince thing um he is it's a trope that he's uh followed in other songs not every song about sex does he do this but certainly enough examples where he talks about some sort of other aspect of the woman that goes beyond the physical and um and it's something that he continues to do and it just it just makes it a very it's it's like his own stamp you know like yeah. a stamp on a, on his his way of singing a sex song is to throw in a line about reading poetry you know uh, and what's fun about it is that um i i really admire prince as uh, as a musical artist and and as a creative uh, but there's also uh, his his private life uh, that's that's and and what he often does is he he writes a song in this case hot thing and then later on in life he acts out what he has been singing you know because in, in 1987 he meets ingrid chavez in the club he eventually takes her to paisley park and then they'll read poetry together and and, <laughs> and then there's also the song pink cashmere written in, in, in i believe in the summer of 1988 before he met anna garcia and then at the end of that year, when he had met her, he acts out exactly the same the, the, the song he wrote earlier that year with that girl. And there are there are more examples. And Hot Thing might be just one of those examples that, that he that he has written something and then later in life does exactly what he has written, which is you know, life imitates art there. And that that's fun, I think. That's a fun mm-hmm. little extra. Yeah, it's definitely fun. Um it, it like I said, it adds a little more intriguing depth to the song that you didn't think necessarily had it <laughs> as oh. you get to the as you get through it. So the song is fairly long; it's like over five and a half minutes. And um, yeah, there's a lot of in the second half of the song a lot of uh, instrumental um, music. The saxophone plays a heavy part here in the second half of the song. It almost acts as if acts like a guitar solo in many cases. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Instead of guitar solo, you get a sax solo. Uh, Prince does. He screams hot thing several times. So there's, I'm in a lyrics podcast. You know, talking about his inflection or the way he delivers a line isn't always um, the focus, but he screams hot thing several times in the song. Those are actually my favorite parts. I I, I really like it when he screams, and this is uh, well one of his best screams. I think. Yeah. And, on this album, at least. Yeah, he does it many times in the song. And it kind yeah. of just... What all it does for me is kind of... Um, continues with the, the thought process of him being really aggressive. You know, to scream it. Yeah. It just adds to the aggressiveness of, of the delivery of the lyrics. That he's screaming it because he's either so turned on that he can't control himself. Or he's trying to get her attention. However you want to interpret his delivery of hot thing you know and the way he screams it in his high register it uh it, it can do any of those things and, and, and it also just again makes it interesting um and it, it's cool I, I i agree i like it a lot yeah. and then the other thing that he does towards the end of the song is just repeat some of the you know the similar lines that he started off with barely 21 looking for big fun what's your fantasy but the thing that he does differently towards the end of the song and i think is kind of really interesting is he says don't you want to play with me instead of do you want to play with me yeah Just the switching up of do to don't tells me at least it's almost like he's been rejected <laughs> at this yeah. point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but uh, yeah, you're probably right. Maybe this is the part when he, you know, the first part is, is, is the fantasy, him thinking, okay, this is what's going to happen tonight. Then he goes up to the girl and then she turns him down and then, and, and then this happens. And, and, and in many ways, like you said, um, uh, Cindy C is uh, more or less a similar song, but then with a famous girl. Uh, I, th I think it, it, it is probably the same same idea because Cindy C is also starts also with "Do you want to play with me?" and in the end, "Why don't you want to play with me?" So there's uh, there's probably the same thing going on. Yeah, totally. It's it's very like the parallels are kind of eerie. And the exactly when just to change that one word, I mean, it was intentional. It's not like he, I, I don't believe he did it on accident to change. Oh. Do you want to play with me to don't you want to play with me? It, it's really kind of brings it down a little bit. Um, and you, and I, again, I get the, the image now that he is feeling like it's not going to happen. Don't <laughs> you want to play with me? All it's missing is the why, why don't yeah. you want to play with me? Uh, otherwise it's, I think the meaning of the sentence comes across to me as the same. Don't you want to play with me? Yeah. Just adding that negative instead of a positive don't versus do yeah, changes absolutely. like the whole changes like the whole meaning of the of the lyric. Yeah. Uh, so that that's definitely fascinating to end the song in that way because he's but then he still says I can't wait to get you home as yeah. the song kind of fade not necessarily at the fade out quite yet, but it's the last line of the song other than hot thing. I can't wait to get you home. So he's still Still holding out, so there's still yeah. hope. <laughs> <laughs> Saying there's a chance. Yeah. 
but yeah, that's hot thing in a, in a nutshell, Edgar. Uh, what, yeah. Anything else that we haven't touched on that you want to talk about with the song? Well, in general? Not, not lyrically, but you, visually, there's there's the, the movie version that I uh, already mentioned. Um, there there are some parallels there with uh, with the "If I Was Your Girlfriend" segment in the same movie. At the end of uh, of Hot Thing, you see uh, Prince and Cat uh, hide away in some dark shadows in that that city environment that is the stage. Um, for what seems to be um, uh, that one night stand that he he desired, um, and then more or less the same thing repeats uh, in in if I was your girlfriend. But then there's there's love instead of lust, and then you see them on the heart uh, having having romantic sex. And I I think he tried to to mirror the love and sex uh, thing. Um, Within the movie, but he didn't quite succeed there. The the the, the storyline in the movie is 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 vague at best. Uh, but I think there 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 was a way of him trying to to merge those songs to one story by by having um, two different sex scenes within the same um, within the same movie. Mm-hmm. And that's that's about all I have to say about hot thing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a good song. I mean, I I really like it. It's but I don't necessarily like it because of its lyrics. I like it because no. of just everything it's the else. Beat and the, the bass, exactly the beat, the bass, the sax, saxophone, the, yeah, the screaming, just the uh, intensity of how Prince delivers the lines. Um, it's a great song, and to to analyze it to this level that we've done from the lyrical standpoint, certainly is fun. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't. If I'm like listening to the song, and I encourage other listeners to not necessarily do what we do every time. T- every time you listen to the song, because it's really not the point. I don't think. Oh, um, absolutely. Obviously, not. I'm not Prince, but I don't think it was the point to focus heavily on the lyrics on a song like "Hot Thing." No. Well, very cool. I am. Uh, I'm going to wrap this episode up then. I guess I don't have anything else to say either. So, Edgar, why don't you uh, let everybody know where they can kind of check out what you're doing, what you're up to, if you don't mind, like social media links or anything like that? Well, you can follow me on Twitter, Edgar Kruijsen, um, which is K. Edgar is, is obviously, but then K R U Y Z E, which is Dutch. Um, uh, and you can find me uh, on edgarkruijsen.nl. Um, and, well, that's about it if you like uh, to follow uh, the twitter threads uh, that uh, jason is also uh, sometimes part of uh, follow the hashtag print twitter thread um and well that's basically it what song did you do off sign of the times i don't remember you know i can't remember i didn't do <laughs> no i did i didn't do a song oh I you're did, doing the other stuff like the concert I, or the movie i did stuff. i did the concert movie and i did uh, the concerts themselves uh, because for me at least the the the, uh, the the concerts are are um for my true entry point uh, we just discussed uh, that that i uh, uh around the world in a day was my entry point but from the moment i saw that concert I was hooked. So that was my true entry point. So I did the concerts and I did the movie and I didn't do any song from um, from the album because there were so many people wanting to do all those songs. I I felt, well, let him have the songs, I'll do the rest. Yeah, and since Sign of the Times tour didn't really, come, well, didn't come to the United States, it made no. sense for somebody who um, actually you know witnessed it or was around for it in Europe yeah. to um, to speak to that. So 
that that makes complete sense all right well thank you thank you again for being on i really am uh, grateful to have such amazing guests and you know yeah. picking up new guests now here on the sign of the times era thanks for it's, having me yeah it's wonderful and i'm so glad that we agreed and, and made this happen so yeah uh thanks again edgar you're welcome this has been the Presser Wine Prince Lyrics Podcast. I've been your host, Jason Brenniger. You can follow the podcast at Presser Wine Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I also um, now have a YouTube channel where I'm posting older um, episodes in a video format. It's really just a, a static video, but I have to remove the music. So if you like the music interludes, uh, don't, don't listen to it on YouTube. But I do post other things on my YouTube channel, like um, songs, print songs that I've been able to come across over the over the years i think people would be interested in so check it out if you're really a big fan of that medium uh you you won't miss any of the discussion you'll just miss like some of the musical interludes that i put in otherwise everything else is still there also have a discord and the link to the discord will be in the show notes um let's see anything else now you know check it out on apple rate it on apple apple's the big podcast avenue i mean if anybody who listens to podcasts and knows podcasts understands what kind of a a player apple is in the podcast world so if you could rate and review on apple Podcasts, that's greatly appreciated helps a lot and helps to get the word out on the show thanks to everybody for listening and until next time goodbye